All right, so I'm going to talk about gifts. Amy talked about them. Some of you guys were like, oh, no, I haven't done that yet. If you have a child that has love language of gifts, you better get moving because they have a high expectations. It doesn't need to be expensive. It just needs to be a lot, you know, of things. I remember, you know, I have, I have, I have a child that is a love language gift, um, is gifts. And I, my furthest love language for me is gifts. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I mean, I appreciate it. But, you know, my mom said I used to, like, go out to the backyard, pick up sticks, and make a whole, like, she said, I don't know, you'd be playing with clothespins and stuff, so you were just not that child. So I had this gift child. I'm like, what do you do? But I've realized, you know, I can pick up a pretty leaf off the ground and be like, oh, this made me think of, like, you. And they're like, oh, my gosh. You know, I can bring a Tootsie Roll home. You know, I mean, just that I have to bring something. If I go to the store, my husband doesn't realize, but hit one of his high love languages gifts, he doesn't even realize that, but it is. Because when I come from the store, he's like, what'd you get me? He doesn't know that. I've known that. He'll tell me it's not, but, you know, if you know him, it actually is. Um, he'll be like, what'd you get me from the store? If I come back and say, I didn't get you anything, he's like, he's like super offended. So now I'm like, we go shopping for something, and I'm like, oh, dad would like this. I got to get, it could be like a little teeny candy or something. And I realized that's how I got a gift child. I have a gift husband. He doesn't know it. Um, He has other things, but it's really important. So we're going to talk about gifts um, because they represent our affection, our devotion for another, right? That's why we give gifts. We don't give gifts because we feel guilty. We give gifts because like, oh, I can't wait to see them open this. This is going to make them happy. This is going to make their life easier. I just love this. That's why we give gifts, right? So sometimes gifts we give can pull out identity in people. You see that your kid, you know, they draw something in school and all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to get them an art set, right? Because they're good, and they're going to be, like, the next artist. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just using that. I mean, we all think that because, like, I don't care. Your kid just scribbles, and you're like, that's amazing. I still, I like my, I still have my kids' art framed when they're, like, in second grade. That's, like, art in my house. People are, like, probably thinking, you know, your kids are grown. I'm like, quiet. It's beautiful. This is how it should be. I <laughs> start taking other people's kids. I actually go downtown. This is the cutest thing. I don't know why I'm going with this, but um, downtown at the Curio, you can go in and their little kids, these are believers that own this store, and their kids draw pictures and they sell them for five cents. So if you don't have little kids, you can go buy them for five cents and put them on your fridge. <laughs> little kids are, yeah, you can't buy the children, I mean the art, the pictures, five cents, uh, thanks, Ooh. you take a drink of water out of that one, but isn't that, I mean, it's so sweet, but when we see that, you know, giving gifts, we can pull out people's identity, things that assist them, things that make them feel good, that produce joy, right, there's just certain things, like if my husband was to, like, get me a remote car starter. You guys know how long I've been believing this. For my car, like, that would produce some joy, right? I mean, he's been pretty good. He's been my remote car starter since he hasn't got me one. He goes out and starts my car for me. I got spoiled. I had a vehicle with one. Now I don't. So, I mean, but, like, if you really, that would bring out joy in me. I'd be like, yes, because God planted me in Michigan, which I don't know why, because I'm definitely a sun baby. Like, I, I thought, Lord, why wasn't I in Hawaii? But, you know, he, I got together with a cold. So he's like, you got you to, gotta, you know, you got to have both worlds. And we know Michigan is the best of both worlds, right? We got beautiful beaches. 
Can we guess? No. <laughs> I love snow when I see it from my window on the other side. This guy's like, I love snow. He tells me all the time. And he go outside. Now I'm going to, I was up to here and I fell in a creek and it was great. That's what happens to my husband. And he's like, I'm like, mm, I'm going to sip my hot chocolate, dunk my Biscoff cookies, and just smile at you a little bit. So I'm going to get him flashlights and I'm going to get him emergency things because I'm afraid that he goes off in the woods in the cold and he's, I want to make sure he can get back. So I'm going to do things that produce joy for him, produce joy for me too, because I know he's going to make it home. So that's, that's why we give, we give gifts. They, they kind of help people along the way. They produce joy. They bring a little peace sometimes. So I want to talk about some gifts of Christmas. We always think about you know, gold, frankincense, myrrh. We know those are the gifts that they brought Jesus. But there's, there's some other things in there. So when Jesus entered this earth as a man, as a child, we know he was born in Bethlehem. We know that the magi, the kings or the priests, some people thought they were, um, they were the ones who actually were seeking out the prophecy of old. They spent time. They knew Jesus would come as a baby. Did you guys know that? Because I don't know if you guys were here last week, Matt talked about that um, people were waiting at the temple and they thought Jesus was going to come as a full-grown man, ready to just come in and war, right? But these guys knew the word. They knew prophecy. They interpreted dreams. So they knew Jesus was coming as a baby. They were looking. So they sought out Jesus and they brought him these special gifts. And we know what they were. They know, we know that they were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But why those gifts? What value do they have to a baby? I mean, gold, yes, we know like babies are expensive. But why would you bring that to a baby? Seemed a little odd. So there's this kind of beautiful love story of love and honor and redemption in these gifts. And there's a reason they brought these specific gifts. So we're going to kind of unwrap this story and we're going to start, we're going to go to Isaiah. Yeah, we're not in Luke. We're going to go to Isaiah because this is when God started talking before Jesus was born. It said in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Unto us a child is given. See, the Magi knew that he was coming as a child. How did they know that? Prophet Isaiah, right? He didn't say a man would come, you know, with valor and honor and come in, you know, with it, ready to fight a battle. He said, child's going to be born. So we see that the, the first gift actually wasn't gold, frankincense, or myrrh. The first gift that was given was actually Jesus to mankind said right there, way back in Isaiah, even before he was born, even before the Magi were born, all this. It said the first gift wasn't given was, to, was Jesus to mankind. And he was going to be the greatest and has been and will forever be the greatest gift to humanity. And he would never stop giving. Never stop giving. So we're going to unwrap that a little bit. In Matthew 2, 11 and 12, this is where we see Jesus come onto the scene. 
says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So this is when the Magi come, and it says that they actually came to see Jesus. They bowed down and worshipped him, and they brought him these treasures. So they were looking, their gift was Jesus. They waited for him, they studied, they saw it in the word, they believed that God, what God said would happen, they went and they found him. And, you know, I love that they're dreamers. They knew what to do and what not to do because they, God spoke to them in the night hours. Isn't that good? So these, these guys, you know, they, they, they were priests, they were prophets, they, they heard from the Lord. So I'm pretty sure the gifts they brought, God told them to bring them, right? They didn't just say, what do you got lying back there? Wrap it up. Let's go. Here, we got to get out here and see this baby. No, no, no. It was specific. God's like, this is what you need to bring because this, this story is going to be unfolded. It's not just a thing. So they brought him gold. And I don't know if you guys know, but gold represents kingdom, a transfer of power. Even nowadays, what means that you have, why can we make money? Because there's gold behind it, right? can't just print money. Each country, each kingdom, the gold represented the kingdom, that transfer of power, that transfer of authority. They were presenting him with, his own, with this kingdom, with this gold. And um, so Jesus, but the difference was Jesus was born a king, not crowned one. He was born a king. Nobody had to die for Jesus to be king. He came in. He was born a king. And they gave him gold to honor his kingdom, his everlasting kingdom, who was going to rule over the kingdom of God. And it's the only everlasting kingdom. Did you know that? Now, I know Jordan knows this fact because he's told it. How long does most kingdoms last? You've told me this before. I don't remember, but What? Most nations, most before they have like a civil war. What? I think it was, I think it was 250 years. So 250 years. We're a little past that, aren't we? For the average. See, I'm just going to, now you're going to get a, I know you've said that to me before, so now I'm going to be like, make your brain, you know what? Make your brain work. I'm just listening to the Lord, and he said to ask you. <laughs> I don't know if he did. I just did that on my own. Um, just keeping it fun, just keeping it fun. But think about it. This is the only everlasting kingdom. Every other kingdom has had ups and falls. They've had seasons of rain, seasons of plenty, and seasons of lack. But the kingdom of God never ceases. Everlasting. It, there's never a transfer of power. There's never, nope, Jesus is the king. That's it. That's amazing. Think about that before. These people had never, they've lived from kingdom to kingdom in every area, you know. They know, don't return to King Herod because he wants to kill this baby. See, that was a kingdom that Herod knew that his kingdom had a time limit. He had to do so many things. He had to do these things if he wanted to stay king. But Jesus was born a king. And that gold was just brought to him. It represented his kingdom, honor. Then we get to frankincense. 
So this is a sweet gift of incense, and it's filled with aroma. And when you look at that, that's what they used to use when they did a burnt offering to the Lord, right? They offered up the sweet aroma to the Lord when they had to go into the temple and they had to, you know, make an offering to the Lord before Jesus, before Jesus came on the earth. So this gift represents Jesus being the high priest, the final high priest. They didn't have to go out and find a high priest and tie a rope around his waist and say, hope you've been living right because if you didn't, we have to drag you out because when you stand in the presence of the Lord, you're going to die, okay? We don't have to do that no more because, you know, everyone, in America especially, we have this pastor pedestal where like everyone's like, I want to preach. I'm like, well, let's go back to the Old Testament. You want to preach? Well, let me tie that rope around your waist. Let's see how long that line is now, right? we would be not having people preach on Sundays, would we? Good thing Jesus came on the scene. Good thing Jesus came on the scene. But he is the high priest, the only, now this is the only mediator between us and God. That's it. He's the only one. There's never going to be another one. No one else is going in. That veil was ripped from top to bottom. And I'm talking, remember that veil was like, I can barely rip a piece of cloth unless you start the cut. Like, that veil was like this thick of cloth. He said, "Uh uh-uh, now that my son is born, no one's going in there. No one else is paying. No one else is being sacrificed. He is the final sacrifice. So this frankincense, that was that aroma that they were offering up in worship. It was a gift that they gave him and said, you are to be praised and worshiped as the high priest. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So he's saying, I'm sending you a high priest who feels, knows, and has experienced everything that you have. And because he did not sin, his blood is always offered up before you. So when you do sin, it says that we find grace in him, right? We find mercy. That's a good gift. See, now we're, you know, so start asking me. I want some frankincense. <laughs> she didn't seem so good now, but when you see that, you're thinking, that's a good gift. Then we have myrrh. And this is usually used as medicine or perfume to prepare or embalm the body after death. I'm going to read to you in Isaiah 53. And it says, but he who was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sins, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for us, for our well-being, fell on him. And by his stripes or his wounds, we have been healed. They were the magi. They understood prophecy. They understood dreams. You think they foreseen what was going to happen to Jesus? Do you think they saw his wounds? Do you see how important the myrrh was? To embalm upon death. 
I mean, if you're a mother and you receive that gift, sometimes we think, oh, they gave him these gifts so that he could start off life with, he could sell them, they were worth a lot, and they were, you know, cost all this money. God doesn't really need that. But right there, they saw the beginning that he was a king and there was going to be an everlasting kingdom. They saw that he should and needed to be worshipped because he was a good high priest that would stand in the gap. And they saw that he would give his life for us. Those are the gifts they gave to Jesus. When you look at it, you think, man, as a mom, could you imagine standing there and they're bringing these gifts and you know what that means? The first one, you're like, yes, my son's a king like that. And even the next one's like, yeah, bring him worship. You know, this is God's son. But that last one, that had to be heartbreaking, right? I mean, Mary knew. She walked with the Lord. God chose her to carry his son. I'm pretty sure Mary knew how to hear from the Lord. Even when she's like, Lord, okay, you're going to make me have a baby? Okay, it said that she pondered the things in her heart. She spoke to the Lord, didn't she? <laughs> she didn't just be like, okay, whatever, I don't know. She knew what God was going to do because she knew the word. Isn't that funny? Because number one, she was a woman, so you weren't all, all able to go into the temples. But how did she know the word? I don't know. From her, her cousin Elizabeth, you know, all these things. We don't actually know how Mary got the word, but she knew who God was, because the moment he came to her, the moment the angels came to her, the moment the anointing came to her, she recognized it. How do you recognize somebody? You know them, right? Stranger walks by, you don't recognize them. But you know, you see someone out in public that you know, you recognize them because you've spent time with them, you know who they are. So I'm pretty sure when they gave that gift, Mary understood what was going to happen. They foreseen his great suffering. They foreseen his death, they, that he would be this great king who would give his life for the kingdom. And they basically, these gifts prophesied the Messiah on earth as it is in heaven. That's a big deal. Those gifts... Like a lot of times we think there was three kings. I don't know. Maybe there was, there could have been a dozen kings come. We don't know. We just assume because there's three gifts in our minds, got to put everything in a box. Um, right? <laughs> could have been two kings. I mean, we, there has to be at least two because it said king. It said the magi, so more than one. But other than that, we don't know. It could have been a whole group that came to, to see Jesus. But what they know is that they were prophesying the Messiah with what they gave and what they said. That's, that's a good, that's amazing. So those are the gifts we know Jesus. We know Jesus was the first gift to us. Those are the gifts that they gave to Jesus that basically prophesied what was going to happen. But there's one hidden gift that sometimes we, we miss. I'm going to go to Matthew 2, and this is talking about worship. And it says, Matthew 2, 11, it says, After entering the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. 
Then after opening their treasure chest, they presented to him gifts fit for a king of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So those weren't the first gifts. What was the first thing they did? Yeah, they fell down and worshipped. Worship, that was the first gift given to Jesus, was worship. And I would say that's the greatest gift that they gave to Jesus, was worship. And you know, the great thing about that gift is Jesus allows us to do the same thing every day. That's not one that gets used up. It's not one that, you know, is spent, is, is used. It, can, it is basically restored over and over and over. As much as we want to give it, it is the never-ending piece of that gift. We can worship as much as we choose to give that gift unto the Lord. It's by the power of his death and resurrection, he invites you to die with him. It says that we are reborn so that we can boldly enter the throne, the throne room of heaven and worship him. When we give our life to him, our old life died and our new life in Christ. And that involves worshiping the Lord. When we do that, we directly receive his grace. That's a good thing to receive. So every time we give a gift to the Lord, so every time we come and worship, we're receiving. We never can give without receiving because he's always waiting and willing. He wants to extend mercy. He wants to extend grace. Every time we give worship, that's why that time of worship, and that's just one way of worshiping. When we sing together, that's just one way of coming together in unity and worshiping. But man, the Holy Spirit moves so heavily when we worship. When we give that, that's why I'm sitting there, I'm worshiping, and the Lord's like, here, I want to give you this gift, this word. And he gave us the word, me that word for church. So I'm always thinking, oh, I'm going to give you worship the Lord. And he's like, and I'm going to give you something. Every single time. It doesn't matter if it's his birthday. You give something on his birthday, you know what he does? Gives you something back. Robert Morris, I love listening to him. He's a great teacher, and he always says, you can't outgive God. <laughs> He's got some good stories about that. But when you think, man, I am serving God, I'm doing this, I'm worshiping all the time, I'm doing good, my family's in line, everything's going good. You know what? You still can't outgive God. Every time you worship, He's coming back. He's giving grace. He's giving, he's, he's giving to you. Because God so loved you that he gave Jesus. And if you believe in him, if you proclaim him and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. I can't be Lord of my life because I mess it up. Even sometimes I still mess it up with Jesus. And Jesus is like, that was not me. I told you no. <laughs> He's like, but you know what? Open this. This will get you back on track. Every single time. Every single time. All we have to do, proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Right now, if you're thinking, well, you know what? My life's been off track. I don't even know if I've ever accepted Jesus. Just right now, say, Jesus, I accept you. Take all the junk, throw it out, give me a new spirit because I need it. That's all you got to do. It doesn't have to be these big elaborate prayers and words, but you have to actually do it and mean it. Coming to church doesn't mean you mean it. 
Reading your Bible every day doesn't even mean that you mean it. Did you know that? Even following the commandments doesn't mean that you have Jesus living in you. He says you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, you're Lord. Take care of my stupidity. I've had a lot of years practicing it. I could be an expert in that. Right? And you know what? He will. He will every time. And you have that new spirit. And when that old spirit starts to come up, and that dumb comes up behind you, and you do something, he's waiting right there with grace. He's like, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to think differently. We're going to talk differently. We're going to act differently. We're going to listen differently. We got this. Keeps going. He doesn't put condemnation on us. He doesn't put shame on us. Because he's so good. He's so good. Why does he have an everlasting kingdom? Because he's a good king. No one wants to overthrow him. All of us who are in his kingdom, there's none of us that are like, I think there's somebody better than Jesus. Have you ever felt that way? We'll deliver you if you have, okay? <laughs> if you feel that there is somebody better than Jesus that has walked this earth, come see me after church. I need some good deliverance ministry up here. Oh, that didn't go over very well. <laughs> but that's true. We don't need a different king because we have the best king. You know, and, and that will never perish. We'll have eternal life because he gave us what? The power of the Holy Spirit. Lives in us every day. Every day. He gives, and he gave us the gift to be able to worship. And you know, not just that. It says Jesus gave other gifts. He just kept giving. He's like, here's the gifts I'm going to give. And then you see my, my buddy, the Holy Spirit. He's got all these amazing gifts. And you have access to all of them too. He's like, what other gifts you want? You want promises? God gave you some of those. Start unwrapping that. He's like, you cannot, you cannot live long enough to experience all the gifts that God has given you. <laughs> we can't. Because they're never ending, aren't they? soon as we think, oh, I've just experienced it all, God's like, yeah, you still have heaven. <laughs> you still have heaven. Everlasting. So even if you think, my life on earth has been so good, God just blessed me, great. And there's more. And there's more. There's always more. Like you ever have, at Christmas, I always am like, here's all the gifts, you know, and the one thing your kids want, you always save that for last. And they're like, Yay! They're like, I'm get, you know, the less the pile gets smaller, they're like, getting nervous because they're thinking, I really wanted that one thing, and you're like, yeah, I know you really want it, and then you're like, ha ha, yeah, I hit it back here like this, got you, right? Nobody else does that to their kids, makes them have anxiety on Christmas, <laughs> just me. <laughs> I know I'm such a good mom. Do you guys also make your kids fight for like an extra present with the pickle in the tree? No, <laughs> that's great. No. Just encouraging them to, you know, learn patience. And If you don't know what the pickle on the tree is, you've got to see me. It's a fun thing. No, they have not. They've never knocked over my tree yet. They're almost all adults. Got a couple. Well, not a real pickle. <laughs> it is a pickle ornament, but you can use a real pickle. I have given real pickles as the gift, which my kids loved. So, no, yeah, yeah, you know, 
maybe we do that, but, you know, God, we think we, he never stops giving. So we got to look and say, you know what? I don't want these things in my life, or I need to change some things. That's great because he has all the tools, everything you need. He's like, I want to give them to you. I have the answer for you. Life doesn't seem so good. That's okay because you know what? He has the way, the path, everything to say, this will get you there. And he wants to give it to you. He's not saying, well, if you do well, if you do this right, if you do this right, if you read your Bible for an hour every single day, then maybe I'll let you have some grace. He's not like that, is he? Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I have done nothing this week to deserve, and now here you're giving me a word. Or something, you know, you ever have like that? You just have a bad week and you think, man, I haven't been reading as much. I haven't been doing as much. I probably haven't been as nice, as kind, or do the fruits of the Spirit have not been very plentiful this week in my life, or something like that. You know, if, you, if you've ever had a time like that, and then God still blesses you, because God's no receptor of people. He's, you know, He doesn't say, well, you didn't act right this week, so I'm going to take away your gifts, talents, I'm going to take away grace, and I'm going to take away mercy from you. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? Have you ever seen God say that? So we need to remind our, our, our heads of that because sometimes we act like that, like, I've just been bad this week. Just haven't, I just haven't been doing what I should. He's not worried about what you haven't done. He's ready to meet you and say, what can we do now? Because our, ev- our, our king is a king of an everlasting kingdom. He's a high priest who always intercedes on our behalf. So when our dumb comes up, Jesus is like, I got this. They, they just were in the flesh, God. You know, please forgive them. Here's my blood. This is the pens for that. Every single time. you had to pay for things in blood we might think twice about doing them right if you had to to cut your finger open every time you did something you weren't supposed to and pay with blood we might think a little different before we do that again wouldn't we think about that because that's what you're doing every single time that we choose to go back to sin or choose to go back to things that we know God doesn't want for us do you know what we're, that is what we're doing, right? Because that is the price for that. We just don't feel it because somebody else gave it. Somebody else was our ransom. Someone else paid the price. So that's where we need to bring worship. And we need to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for doing that for me. And because you did that, my life is yours. And I want to follow you. And that's where we sometimes have to ask for help. Lord, help me make good decisions. And he's going to say, go read my word. There's a lot of wisdom in there. You want to make good decisions? Know who God is. Know his character. It's a lot easier, right? Should I steal this or should I buy it? Well, God's word. Just go with the word. You know, he says you don't work, you don't eat. Go get a job, get some money, buy it. Okay, right? It's easy. It's all in there. Because he's our savior, he's our redeemer from pain, from wounds, and even death. Isn't it good that we don't have to die twice? Our body dies, our spirit never dies. Think about that. Everlasting. We're not going to feel pain and, and, and sickness and for all eternity. 
That's good, right? You know? <laughs> some of us, we've had some sickness, and some of you men, I know you've probably had some colds. So... <laughs> That was so good, wasn't it? All the women in here said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) He who finds a wife finds a good thing. The word of the Lord. Come on. Got to bring the word. If you're going to fight, we got to fight with the word. (laughs) Are you? I love having fun in church, I love having fun with the Lord. He gave me my personality, and I love it because I don't need to be like, oh, just, oh, can't wait to get off this earth and be with Jesus. I'm with Jesus right now. Amen. He lives inside of me. Your spirit doesn't change. That's exactly right. That's what we should do. We talked about, I talked about a few weeks ago, walking through the valley Guess what? Everything might be going wrong, but Jesus is still right. Everything, you might be sick. You know, I lost my voice two weeks ago. Did God let me? I tried to get out of it. No, I still had to preach. You know what? I stayed at a hotel, and now my nose is stuffed up. And I still have to, you know what? I still have to ask the Lord. And if he says, you're going to speak the word, then it's my job to speak the word. Doesn't matter how you feel. There's, I would tell you, more times than not, if I am sick, the Lord never lets me off from preaching because most of the time I get healed. When I had shingles, I got up here and I preached about joy and I got healed in front of everybody and I had no pain. I mean, I never took the medicine. The doctors are like, I don't know what's going on. This is weird. And I'm like, it's just Jesus. It's okay. You'll get it. Um, you know, but that is, that is how we have to live. That's exactly it. You know, in those times where it's like, why is everything going wrong? I can't afford, you know, sometimes there's, we can't afford everything. But you know what? Have you went hungry? No. Because you know what? Even if you got no food, God says that you can live on the word of God. <laughs> can't you? He takes care of us. And even when it's hard, we keep walking. We keep going through. Don't stop. Don't stop in that pity, in that place of like, oh, poor me, and where is God? He is with you. He is in you. He lives in you. You know what? Your, his spirit is in you because you know what? You gave up your old self, and you have the Holy Spirit living in you. So you don't need to ask where God is. He's with you. If you don't know, if you haven't accepted Jesus, get accepting him. Say, Jesus, get in my life because I need you with me because, you know, when I'm somewhere and I feel alone, I can say, you are with me. That's really good. We need, if you're feeling like, where is God? You need to take that time and you need to invite him into your life. If you're constantly asking, God, where are you? I'd go back and say, Jesus, Come into my life, because if I don't know where you are, then you must not be living in me, right? Now, you're still probably going to question, God, what are you doing? (laughs) And God will say, not your business. I'm the king. I'm the creator. You get to live in the kingdom. So let's take heart what the angels proclaimed on that day. In Luke 2, 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to them 
to those whom his favor rests. So we can say, thank you, thank you, Jesus, that your favor rests on me. No matter what's going on, you keep walking through. Just like John said, you keep walking through and you say, thank you, God, that your favor rests on me. Whether you see the favor in that season, there's times I'm like, thank you, Lord, for your favor. And it didn't, to the outside eye, they're like, why are you praying that? Because it doesn't look like you have favor. But I know that the favor of the Lord rests on me. Why do I know? Because God said it. And the Holy Spirit lives in me. And he said right here that I get to have peace. Not seeing peace in your life. You say, ah, 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 I, am a lot. I have peace in my life. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I have peace in my life because God said I did. Oh, it doesn't look like you have favor. Uh, you, you just need to put these goggles on. They're called Jesus goggles. Let me lead you to them. Get you on because you know what? His favor does rest on me. His favor rests on you. Next week, we're going to hear a bunch of you guys talk about the different things that you're thankful that God has done. Because we know that we open his gates with what? Thanksgiving and praise. So we get to worship God, and then we get to hear all the thanksgiving. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in the next season when we're just thanking him and praising him. Because we open those gates wide. Now, I can't wait to see what think about that if we're just cracking the gate and there's just a little bit of blessing coming through what about when you swing wide those gates you open them up so it doesn't matter what you're going through it doesn't matter what is said about you or to you it says that peace and favor rest on you let's pray